0: welcome to the human design profiles and entrepreneurship podcast i'm your host Chantel, a one three manifesting generator small business strategist workshop facilitator and the author of the aligned action series of workbooks for solo entrepreneurs thanks for joining us on this podcast this is my active learning experiment all about how we experience entrepreneurship on an individual level while we're also satisfying our desire for self-awareness Each episode is a profile of a human design enthusiast slash business owner who's here to share how their personal profile lines influence their business journey. Today, I'm connecting with Jess, an experienced reflexologist who expertly weaves other wellness modalities into her practice. She is especially passionate about human design. Jess impacts her clients in the most gently powerful way, offering generous insights into their potential, taking them on a journey through the lens of building on one's unique gifts and strengths. One of her clients shared that Jess is something special. She takes in the whole picture, person, vibes, everything. It's never going to be just about the feet and nothing else. She skillfully layered her intuitive insights with a practical sense of what my body needed. Have a listen while today's guest, Jess825, shares her story while you read Between the Lines. Jess, you have been aware of human design for about three years. Tell me about how your understanding of your profile has grown over that time.
1: Yeah, it's grown hugely. In fact, when you say how it's grown, it's really interesting because I kind of feel it's almost been like a shrinking. When you find out you're a 2.5, it suddenly gives you this massive permission slip to be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> maybe I can just retreat a bit. I'm a funny 2.5 in that I'm, I'm quite people always think I'm an extrovert. They're really surprised if they find out that I love alone time. I love, you know, if I could spend 90% of my time alone, I really would. And especially when you combine that with being a manifester, like I totally get that whole need to kind of close off from everyone else. So yeah, when I found out that I was a 2.5, I think I probably connected with the two so much quicker than the five the five Mm. kind of troubled me for a while I'm sure we'll get to the five yeah but yeah also that was really weird timing for me because I came to human design strangely through the gene keys most Mm -hmm. people evolve into the gene keys I actually came backwards I'd come to human design like a few years before 2020 I mean I came to human design 2019 but I'd say 2020 is when I had time to really dive into it And so finding out you're a two and you're in the middle of a lockdown, which quite honestly, I was enjoying and it was like (laughs) such a beautiful break from socialization that, yeah, I think for that reason, the two was easy to incorporate into my life from
0: the get go. That makes a lot of sense that a two line would have that experience of the lockdown. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I I get it now that you say. Yeah, I think a lot of us enjoyed that pressure taken
1: off. Mm Hmm.
0: So, would you say that your growth in understanding the two five and how it applies to you is maybe integrating that five side a little more? Do you feel like that's happened over the three years?
1: Yeah, the five's not been a comfortable one for me. The five comes with feel like you have to give yourself grace with five. I was going to say, mm -hmm. you mentioned you have a
0: beautiful experience and expression of your five line. I'll read to you what you said in your form. Mm, It was lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) You said, I love to be the calm in the storm, holding people in the midst of emotional upheaval and really offer a space to feel and express what needs to come through.
1: Oh, yeah. So the five, I've always been that calm in the storm and seeing things from like a slightly different angle. I think it was that realizing I don't have to perform or I don't have to be that all the time. And I think I'd burnt myself out so many times historically through trying to be that saviour figure for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I think what comes with it, when you're seen like that, it's almost like you have to communicate to other people that you are not always on and you're not always available. That's what I struggled with. So in some ways, it sounds strange, but I could cope with being a two and I could verbalise that to people around me. It was like I could articulate that need for alone time for me (laughs) it was harder to articulate that I couldn't help everybody in every situation all the time that I found really and I'm still finding that hard right and this year especially I've really been integrating it so three years on I realized that I was really holding myself back in business because I felt that I didn't have that many hours I could give to my reflexology business Mm. Because quite honestly, I was being such an amazing friend to too many people. And quite honestly, a couple of friends in particular, I had to say goodbye to this year. And these are you know, these long time friends. But realizing that I was always giving, I'm talking like 20 years, 30 years, I was always giving right. way more than I was receiving. Mm-hmm. And as a result of, you know. I call one of them in particular friend divorce, (laughs) all these incredible growth opportunities in my business have kind of started to open up. So fascinating. Yeah, it was a huge test, but it's been lovely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's challenging too, though. It's definitely easier when you say, oh, I need alone time it's more about you. But when you say I can't help you, it's more about them. And that's hard. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also then with the five, I saw this amazing meme the other day. And I think it was something like, you have to get comfortable with being the villain in someone else's Mm -hmm. story. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, my God, you know, it makes me tingle that thought of, you know, as a manifestor as well, you had to just be the good girl growing up, because quite frankly, I'm sure I was probably seen as a bit of a powerhouse. But I didn't feel that way. So I very much, I followed the rules and I played the good girl. And yeah, it's funny how that's starting to just, I mean, I'm not a bad person. (laughs) Right. I know what you mean. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do.
0: Yeah. There's some unlearning, I think, that has to happen. There's so much unlearning in the deconditioning process in general. And then also Mm -hmm. in the growing up process and just embracing who we are. So much of that is a letting go
1: true yeah and letting yeah. go is not often a comfortable thing to do um i agree brain I love does not like letting time. go does it <laughs> brain likes comfort <laughs> um i don't know if your podcast is covering anything astrologically but i'm like for an air sign gemini and my brain is so fast and i'm a reflexologist so my mm. lifelong journey with that has been about coming into the body and grounding. But I realized for the first half of my life, I was so up here and brain led. So yeah, it takes a lot for me to let go of things and be comfortable in that discomfort.
0: Right. How would you say that the journey of growing in reflexology
1: has felt for you in terms of the grounding? So much of where my brain wants to go is like, human design is such a rich tapestry of information and it's so easy to get caught up in the head Mm -hmm. when i was learning reflexology even i received reflexology for 10 years before i even studied it and there was so much to learn learning human design over the last three years has for me been a bit like when i was learning reflexology 12 years ago because the foot i mean we take our feet for granted guys like (laughs) the feet have like a quarter of all the bones in the body are in the feet There are hundreds of muscles, literally hundreds and hundreds of tiny micro muscles. So to learn the anatomy of all of that, I was so up here in my head. And for those first kind of couple of years of learning reflexology, I was again, so in the head about it and almost forgetting the incredible art form that it was to feel somebody's feet and yet be able to feel their entire body system. And likewise, for me to have my feet held and to be manipulated and it have such an incredible effect on my whole body, you can let go. And human design, I feel, is a bit like that. We're also caught up in learning the the numbers, the two, five, four, six, whatever. And We forget that actually, like most of it just needs to be lived and just needs to be contemplated. I tend to find myself less in books at all now, ever, and just enjoying conversations like this where you start applying how you live to the numbers rather than applying the numbers to how I live. I'm going that way now more than ever. That's so interesting. You're right. The learning of it is very
0: in the head. As a one line, I still find myself reading all the things and looking for the definitive answer. I have a lot of channels and a lot of definition in my chart. I'm still looking for anyone's thoughts on that. Like, I I feel like there has to be something there that I just don't understand, you know, and that in there, there's some kind of answer and such a one line thing, right? I'm reaching
1: for that information to save me. Of course. And that's like a gift in itself as well, isn't it? (laughs) it's great we rely editor, on you one lines sure. for the wisdom
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you're right the foot is a beautiful metaphor for that there's so much under the surface there's so much just mm. in the feeling and the embodying and you're right it's one thing to know all the names of all the bones but it's another thing to have that experience of connection with a client even right for sure for sure mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's so different. Every personality is so different. And I think that's the lovely thing about the lines as well. You know, there's me saying, yeah, I don't want to read another book about human design, but I'm not a one line. And I don't really have many one lines. You know, when when we look at the chart as a whole, yeah. I actually have a lot of three lines. So I can mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. bounce with you around <laughs> with that. But one line's not so much. So again, it's like permission slip for me to, I forget what gate it is. Is it 16, where it's kind of like jack of all trades kind of skills, like you're dipping into lots of different things. I can't remember which gate.
0: I unfortunately do not know all the gates off by heart either. There are um, 62 of them. I know
1: that's me as well. I gather lots of little bits of information and I pull it and weave it all together. And (laughs) yeah, sessions with me are very much like that. As my clients know, I'm kind of doing the feet, but sometimes it's appropriate to go very quiet and still. And sometimes it's just more appropriate to bounce ideas and philosophies. Being humanness around.
0: There's a metaphor in there for the two five profile, really, of being still, the two line, and <laughs> bouncing things mm. back and forth, which is the five. That's so funny. interesting. I've never seen it like that. That's gorgeous. Thank you. That's why I started this show, because I just want to talk about all the ways that it plays out. It's all so much more present than we're aware of. There's a lot under the surface there that's so interesting to uncover.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think with mm-hmm. a two-five, I've read this over and over, and it so resonates that there's a there's a person watching a two-five. You never really know what is under our surface. I always feel like I wear my heart on my sleeve, but I clearly don't. <laughs> People get mixed messages from me all the time, which is why I realize that my voice is so important for me to try and use my voice to inform more mm-hmm. and more how I appear is very different probably to how I'm feeling on the inside and that can change from day to day and whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a really interesting thing. When I found out Prince William was a two five, I was like, yeah, that figures, you know, people <laughs> expect a lot from you and there can be a lot under the surface that people just don't see. And that's fine. That's okay. And that can be a gift. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. I can use that to an advantage, I guess, in some ways. So what would you say is the
0: twoist thing about you? Let's go to the two line on the conscious side.
1: The twoest thing about me, I mean, I love working. I'm a reflexologist. I love that one-on-oneness. That's not really a two thing, but I love the fact that my job, I can be very hidden if I want to be. I can be very alone a lot of the time. You know, in a previous career, I was very forward-facing. I was leading teams and involved in groups of people day in, day out for many, many hours, whereas my day-to-day life now, I mean, really, if I want Two, I tend to work say you know f- four-ish clients a day and that flexes and I love that flex but it means that a lot of my day can be just me and mm-hmm. that's definitely very too yeah
0: and do you space out the
1: clients so that not necessarily no I've out. played around with that I don't necessarily have to space them out I was just thinking about social media popped into my head i have no structural rhythm when it comes to social media because sometimes I feel like I want to say something show something show my face other times mm-hmm. no and so I'm very 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 organic when it comes to that for sure okay and how much I maybe that's more five line are you about to ask me about five lines <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't but do tell
1: <laughs> no I'm just thinking like I am quite considered with my social media about what I share and I think I'm becoming more and more considered I used to to share what was on my mind i might share bits of my daughter or something in my feed and now i'm not so much because i can see as a five line things get taken and perceived really quite skewed sometimes so yeah Mm -hmm. i'm probably being more considered yeah
0: i think we're all on a collective journey to shifting our interaction with social media for sure Mm. but you're right the entire thing is a game of perception and mm-hmm. it feels like no one is winning, whether you're a five line or whatever your profile is, you're either being perceived or you're doing the perceiving. Yeah, truly. That's what it's yeah. all about, which I think is what we're beginning to awaken to that. Hey, maybe we don't want to be doing that all the time. Maybe we don't want mm-hmm. to be either in that position of being judged or doing the judging. Yeah. Um, yeah. An interesting layer yeah for sure have you played around too with the types of clients that you work with or has that been something that's been fairly static
1: Hmm, that's an interesting one so I've been practicing for 12 years I'd say more probably more like five years in terms of like my daughter going to school and so me taking up more of a a practice but this was the first year where I considered saying no men I don't know if that was a five-line thing like or I don't quite know what it was about I suddenly realized last year I was attracting a few men, n- n- nothing untoward, nothing. But I real, yeah, I just realized that a certain man was sort of coming very regularly. And I, I just, I don't know, I was getting funny feelings. And mm-hmm. yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know if that's really related, but
0: yeah, I might mess up the language on this. So tell me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. But the manifestors have it, it's a repelling aura. Is that right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that, to me, sounds like that's really expressing itself where you're going. Mm, yeah, that energy is not what I need. in Yeah, space
1: right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel that a lot. And I do feel like I'm having to really honor that because mm-hmm. I've always had it. But it's like you just go along with the world <laughs> as everyone is, you know, being that polite right. person. And no, everyone has access to me. That's fine. That's what it is to be a good person. And more and more, I'm really starting to close off the access points. Yeah, which somehow feels very two five. But.
0: As you close doors, as you start to say no, how is that changing how you experience yourself in business?
1: Uh, I feel more empowered for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel more confident. I feel because it kind of reassures me that by saying no in some areas it's not like I'm shutting down. It's almost like it's making me more potent and it's making me mm-hmm. more able to, I don't know if I've had more time or space, but just to get clearer from what I am looking for and what I want to do, you know, like retreats seemed like a distant hope years ago. And and now it's like, oh, I, I do them. I like, you know, I'm a reflexologist, but I've, i I don't think we've really mentioned this, but I, I've got really into barefoot walking. Oh, um, interesting. A few years ago. So, and barefoot shoes. I don't, do you know anything about barefoot shoes? I've heard so, of them. Yeah. I had a little three line stint as a runner years ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So most people come to barefoot shoes through running because they've become mm-hmm. like this big thing. And my husband kind of got into them. So it was about five years ago. We both bought our first pair of barefoot shoes he didn't really get on so well with them for the for the running but with, for me i was just hooked from the get go and so i completely fully transitioned into these barefoot shoes like my back stopped hurting like all these weird like niggly pains my legs got so much stronger and like totally won me over i remember that was the first proper experiment i ever did with human design was in regards to this kind of outdoor hillside spa place near where i live opened up and they were rewilding a golf course and they'd created this like one kilometer long barefoot sensory trail oh. and I was like oh my god I want to be involved in this I, I think it was 2020 was it 2021 I don't know maybe it's 20 and I was like right you've got to do this as a manifesto you have to initiate like let's just go for it right. and it was incredible the permission slip there was just phenomenal I just put myself forwards to the the owners and said what I do and what I was passionate about and if they wanted my help and It was crazy. Like they invited me over like two days later and we did loads of consultation. And then I ended up hosting barefoot walks there for months and months. It was meant to be like a one-off thing. And then I was there like every week and just people kept coming and yeah, we hosted retreats there. And then that rolled into me, like going to do residential retreats and sort of filtering in that kind of barefoot walking stuff in with offering reflexology treatments while I was on retreat, which was perfect. It's like a perfect combination. So yeah saying you no know, in some areas it kind of shifts you into knowing where you do want to go and as a manifester, I guess uh, you know everyone wants to be a manifester. it is scary to be a manifest.
0: <laughs> I do like not want so... to be a manifestor
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't mean it in a, in a negative way it, it feels a little bit to me like a ride at an amusement park that you cannot get off of and that's scary <laughs> to me oh the validation <laughs> Yeah, I don't know very many manifestors. And I I truly haven't worked with very many either. I tend to work with a lot of projector and manifesting generator and generator clients. But the few manifestors I do know slash observe, I'm always in awe of that energy. But I also would not want it myself. I
1: don't have access to Mm -hmm. what it really feels like, I guess. I love your honesty. It's funny because I have a 10 year old and she's brilliant. She has some anxiety and she finds some things really hard to do. And so my husband and I find ourselves, you know, we're trying to teach her to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Mm. And just recently, I've been totally thinking that that is life as a manifesto. If you want to really truly live life as a manifesto, I have to just, and this is going to definitely take me beyond my seven years of deconditioning. I just have to keep getting comfortable in the uncomfortable over and over and over. And maybe that's more quite a five-line thing as well, but from being a manifester. That is why I did not resonate with human design in the first place. When I first read my chart before I got into Gene Keys, I was like, nah, 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 nah. You know, these impactful people, like, it just... Oh, and also I should mention in 2020, I did a lot of online hypnosis. So I was learning some techniques to combine reflexology with hypnotherapy.
0: Mm.
1: And as um, part of that process, I had some hypnotherapy for myself. And one of the things that I was working through was the voice, because part of the thing that I did not resonate with, with being a manifester was the strong voice and using voice. I would never have done a podcast oh my goodness, no, like three, four years ago, I was quiet as a mouse, didn't like to really speak. And now you can't keep me quiet a lot of the time. (laughs) I can feel the power that's in here. I'm like, this is amazing. But yeah, that was very uncomfortable, uncomfortable energy before. So I'm hoping that more of my manifestiveness will just slowly mm-hmm. start to feel comfortable. It's the other reframe that I love with a few manifestors that I've got to know is that we're not. You know, I used to see impacting as like domineering and mm-hmm. power over.
0: Yeah. Power with,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see the peace kind of side of manifestors. I think that part of being a manifestor. I mean, that's when. Yeah, I'm probably such a more peaceful person. Now that I've got to grips with human design, I see that's sort of more my true nature. Yeah.
0: Well, and it sounds like yeah. your journey too has been making peace with yourself and then mm. finding peace in some of that hermit time, that alone time, and then also impacting others by helping them create peace, right? Yeah. Like that seems to be the theme that I'm noticing anyways as you speak. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you talked about how there's all of these exciting possibilities that come up as a result of distilling down. And I think what I'm hearing from you is if people are listening and they can't see it, like you've made the visual even of compression and the energy feels like a distillation. That's the word that that comes to mind. In distilling, all of these possibilities have opened up and in your chart, you have the view of possibility. So tell me your interpretation of that. We haven't talked a lot about view on the show so I'm intrigued to hear what your thoughts are on that
1: yeah so I think also it goes with my right brainness my two top arrows are right facing <laughs> uh, the transference of possibility is probability <laughs> and my husband is probability view so ah. it's been such an interesting one to grasp and to live with and I realized he's a very like ambition go- goal-driven person naturally <laughs> And so for years, you know, in my old career, it was all about goal and like where you wanted to get to. Part of me just felt like such a hippie, drippy person being a reflexologist, like, I oh my goodness, the bad time I gave myself. And now that oh. I realize that possibility view, mm-hmm. it's like, I just don't worry about the future anymore. And that sounds mad. And to people with probability, that's a horrible thing to hear. It's, <laughs> it's really unnerving. But to me, I like if I know what's happening next year, I start to feel very confined and like boxed in. I actually am really comfortable, but also, you know, I'm 42. I've had many years of building up my trust muscle of being able to reflect back and realize that even when I was at my poorest or, you know, when money wasn't maybe coming in, I'm so clever at like penny pinching. And so I have this luxury of, you know, realizing how resilient i am that i don't worry about the future and actually by not worrying not by being flippant about it because i think we're getting a lot of mixed messaging in the wellness and spiritual industry at the moment you know just like sit back chill don't worry right it's like no 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 no. let's reframe that to like take full responsibility but let's not hem ourselves in and put too many boxes in place especially if you have possibility view leave that to the guys with the probability view <laughs> that need to li- be a little bit more structured. Right.
0: I, I have possibility view as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful to have heard your interpretation of it because mm-hmm. I'd never thought about it that way. I also hate to close doors, reduce the number of paths. I like to keep things open too. And I always thought of that as being more my, either my three line or my being a manifesting generator but Mm -hmm. I had not thought about it in that sense. I just had a conversation with my partner where like my life before having met him was so much more open in the sense that I could pursue a larger range of possibilities. But Mm -hmm. with him, I mean, we've got like a house rather than an apartment and he has three children. And so we're tied to this place and like to the extent that we're looking for a home and what we're looking for is nearly impossible because the constraints are so like there's no room for possibility within it Mm -hmm. because the constraints are so sticky. And I struggle with that. Like as much as that's a conscious yes, it's a continual yes for me. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: also an acknowledgement of a closing off of a range of possibilities, which I find very challenging.
1: To like let a little space in for some magic. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we were chatting before, so I know you're a Sagittarius sun, but I'm just like, yeah. oh man, to hold back a Sagittarius is like, no, there'll be cracks in there somewhere for some miracles to come in. Yeah, right. And, and I it's think just- I've heard people call them glimmers. Yes. Yeah. Uh- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've heard that recently. And again, that's taking self-responsibility. If you're going to close your mind, if you're going to start feeling constricted, then, likelihood is you know you're not going to see the glimmers you you mm-hmm. this somehow it's up to us to retain that optimism and whether that's you know I don't know what you want to look at it i this is why I have to get out in nature every day. <laughs> I need to go and see that there's a world outside, you know, yes, I'm a hermit, and yes, I like to keep to myself, but I have to see big skies, I have to see trees mm-hmm. and just yeah, look for the the light shining, mhm.
0: Yeah, I, I have, we have that in common. I, I hadn't linked that to possibility view either, but I, I too like to just get out and walk and preferably a different route every day. <laughs> oh, I'm hundred percent. Yeah. Looking for the new always,
1: you know, sometimes
0: yeah. it's like, oh, well, I've gone this route, but I've never gone in this direction
1: before. <laughs> adventure, Sagittarius, you're going to love adventure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 And and think people always like misread that. So I have a Sagittarius moon, as we said. And you know, I used to think I needed to travel. I needed to go big, you know. When I was young, I did a lot of that. But you know, I live in the UK. The weather's always different. The sky's always changing. Something is always mm-hmm. different. I saw a double rainbow this morning out of my window oh, and I'm beautiful. just like, oh. I'm set for the day. <laughs> yeah. That's so yeah. magical. Yeah. And this is going back to possibility, I think, in a world that we're currently living in. I don't get a sense of probability at all. I mean, mm. things we know are going to be shifting massively in the next couple of years. And that's not in a necessarily scary way. It's just, it's going to be a change of life that we can't even imagine right now. Like we couldn't imagine lockdown and we're mm-hmm. blessed and privileged enough that lockdown didn't affect us in a terribly scary way, but it did change our mm-hmm. life completely. You couldn't predict the way your business is going to run for the next three years. No mm-hmm. way right now. Yeah. Yeah. So then what does what does goal setting look like for you? I do, I set intentions. I guess I have like loose goals. So for me I know I want to host a residential retreat next year and I roughly know where I want it to be, but in terms of like size, I'm not setting any expectation there. Yeah. So there's goals, but there's ways of making them loose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I hope that all those possibilities
0: are beautiful for you in the next year. We'll close the episode with our cards. I'm holding the custom human design cards that are made by Christina from Glow Glow Juice HD. And you and I will take a deep breath in together. And then release that. And the card that I've pulled for you today says... I trust my natural gifts and talents. Do I recognize what comes naturally to me as a
1: valuable asset? Oh, I was poor two lines. No. (laughs) (laughs) My husband, I was getting nervous about something the other day, which actually like today I said to you before, I just had a good feeling about this podcast. I wasn't nervous about it, but I was nervous about something the other day that I had to go do. And my husband just held my hand and he said, have you got your brain with you? I was like, yes. He's like, you're more than ready. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Oh, that's such a nice reminder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, if anyone is interested in a residential retreat or reflexology or any of the other amazing things that you mentioned, where should they come find you?
1: Well, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at jess.trent.com. Co. I also have my own website, which is JessTrent.co.uk. I'm here in the UK, and yeah, that's about it for now.